Have you ever wondered where you really stand with God? Are you overcome with feelings of guilt because of things you've done wrong? Are you tired of religion that focuses on rules that you can't keep? Have we got good news for you? It's time to listen in on some casual conversation with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski and discover what true freedom is all about. This is Growing in Grace. Hi guys and girls and everybody in between these days, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome. Welcome. Everybody's welcome to our program, our podcast known as Growing in Grace at growingingrace.org where you'll find all of our past archived programs. I'm Mike Kapler, by the way. Joel Brzezicki is with me. And a special shout out, Joel, to any of our a group who might be listening. We did a kind of a grace group about uh, the clash of two covenants at uh, a local church here where we live. And I especially want to say hi to Greta because I don't know if she's listening, Joel, but Greta found our podcast. She went and looked it up and I think maybe she's going to be listening. So we'll see. Awesome. Yeah, it's really good when uh, new people start listening, whether you've been walking uh, with the Lord for a long time in life or whether you're a fairly new believer. You know, the stuff that we talk about is, I believe, foundational stuff in in our lives in Christ. And uh, sometimes, well, a lot of times in many churches, what you'll get is uh, a bunch of do's and don'ts. What you'll get is how to live better, how to do this, how to do that. And while there's nothing wrong with wanting to improve your behavior and get rid of uh, some bad things out of your life, that's really good stuff. But that's not really the essence of what life in Christ is. The essence of life in Christ is that we know God and that we have eternal life in him. And we we talk about all this stuff, of course, uh, every week here on the podcast. So feel free to browse the archives at growingingrace.org. You can literally, on one page, you can download uh, as many of the past podcasts as you want. So thanks for tuning in. We've been talking about God's forgiveness the last few weeks, the once and for all forgiveness. It was provided one time 2,000 years ago. The blood of Jesus was shed for the forgiveness of sins. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Uh, It was provided for everybody, and it happened one time. And you can be uh, free to receive that by God's grace through faith. And so one thing that we really want to talk about here in regards to all of this is a, a verse... There's a verse, but there's a lot of verses that surround this verse. But this one verse in particular gets taken out of context, and an entire doctrine has been built upon this one verse, and uh, which is especially horrible when you do consider that it's taken out of context. When you look at it at face value, we're talking about 1 John 1.9. When you look at it at face value, it looks like, We're supposed to confess all our sins in order to be forgiven over and over and over again. Every time we sin, we need to confess our sins. Well, that would kind of negate everything else that we've talked about the last few weeks, uh, which we believe is, you know, what the scriptures talk about this once for all uh, forgiveness. And so we're going to address 1 John 1, 9, uh, some of the things that John said prior to that verse, after that verse some of the things that Paul said, the other epistles. So we'll get into that this week, and hopefully it'll be a, a good thing if maybe First uh, John 1, 9 has tripped you up a little in, in your life in Christ. Yeah, this may end up becoming a First John 1, 9 series because I, I know we won't get this in probably in, in one or even two programs, Joel. Mm-hmm. There's, mm-hmm. there's much to be said about this, and 
for those who might not be familiar off the top of your head, um, maybe what we're talking to you sounds a little foreign. Well, First John 1, 9 simply says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Well, this was probably a verse that I heard as much as any verse throughout many years of my Christianity. And some people might think that we're trying to complicate this, Joel. Actually, what we're trying to do is uncomplicate it. Exactly. <laughs> because by, by just focusing in, getting the tunnel vision and taking a look at that verse— and making an assumption at face value that you need to keep confessing each individual sin in order to be forgiven again and again, to be cleansed again and again. This is what religion has done with it. Um, religion has turned it into this kind of a doctrine that has exploded within many different uh, denominational doctrines, and it has caused probably as much bondage as anything else that's out there. And with that said, and Joel's going to laugh at me when I say this, but we're kind of continuing a, a series in and of itself on the subject of forgiveness, as Joel said earlier. So we did a few programs, especially uh, based out of the book of Hebrews, the finished work of Christ, the blood that he shed and what that accomplished for us and the forgiveness that it brought for the entire world. Uh, not talking about a, a universal salvation with that, but if you want to go back and check out what we said before this program, growingingrace.org is where you will find it. Several programs on that subject that has led us up to this point. So why does 1 John 1, 9 appear, appear to be the only reference toward confession of sin and receiving forgiveness of sin for that confession? I mean, think about it. Think about this now, seriously. Out of over 31,000 verses in the entire Bible, and even if you just want to focus on the New Covenant writings in the New Testament, this is the one verse, that the only one that appears to be telling people they need to keep asking for more forgiveness from God. Um, we're here to let you know we think that's a false assumption because that's how it's interpreted by the religious legalistic pundits, you know, who have kind of put God's grace and the, and the blood of Jesus Christ on the back burner. Um, I'm not saying they're denying it. I'm just saying that it's just not front and center when it comes to the gospel. So the fact that this is the only reference to such a concept within the New Covenant writings, it should cause us maybe to put up a few red flags, at least pink ones, pinkish-reddish, and, and ask why. Why is that? And begin to realize that maybe the math isn't adding up here. Okay, there's something we're not getting. So I call 1 John 1, 9 an island verse because it is that one verse that seems to say this. The uh, other apostles like Paul who wrote uh, the majority of, of the books in the New Testament. He never said anything remotely close to this. And as we go on, we'll show you that he said some things that actually sound like the opposite of that. We could probably even call 1 John chapter 1 an island chapter. And we'll explain why as we go. But we should, we should wonder why this misleading interpretation of this single verse has become such a mantra for Christians when no other apostle has said any such thing. So let's, let's, let's try and put this all together. Here's the problem. Here's why Christianity, the Christian religion, has suggested that we need to confess all our sins in order to be forgiven and to keep doing it over and over again, to stay in fellowship, more forgiveness, all of that. It's because the establishment has made the false assumption that this passage, meaning this chapter in 1 John 1, 9, the entire chapter, was addressing believers in Christ. 
And therefore, each of the 10 verses from this chapter are being filtered through this assumed mindset. So, again, this is the only New Testament letter that... This is a revelation for some people. It's it's sort of new to me. I hadn't really thought much about this, Joel, but this is the only New Testament letter that opens up without a greeting as to who they are writing to. Other letters from other apostles, and even the other ones from John, they will always point to believers or a believer as the intended target audience. John does not do that here. The only exception to that, and then I'll get you in here, Joel, the only exception, but I want to mention this, is the book of Hebrews. I mean, the title itself kind of tells us who he's talking to, Jewish people. But in that letter to the Hebrews, the unknown writer, he makes it clear from the beginning he is addressing those who were aware God had spoken to their ancestors through the prophets, and now he has spoken through his son, the one whom he has made the world through. Um, The writer touts Jesus for those first two chapters of Hebrews, and then in chapter three, he starts out with, therefore, holy brethren, partakers of a heavenly calling. So that therefore indicates and, and shows us that the writer of Hebrews was also addressing believers in Christ, beginning with chapter one, verse one of the book of Hebrews. So my point here is that John did not address believers in this first chapter. He will eventually in the next chapter, and we'll get into that. But Joel, I want to get you in here because otherwise we're, we're going to run out of time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and like you said, this will be several perhaps uh, weeks worth, uh, depending on how much we get in in the next uh, week or two. But you were talking about how no other epistle, no other New Covenant epistle mentions anything about confession of sin. And not not only... Uh, you know, in regards to believers. Not only that, but the epistles of Paul, and uh, when we look at Hebrews and everything, it actually makes the opposite case. We've been talking for the last few weeks, like you were saying, about the once-for-all forgiveness. The book of Hebrews talks about how in the, the sacrifice of animals, there was only a reminder of sins, but contrast that with the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. I mean, if God said he's going to take away the sin of the world through Jesus Christ, and if um, he says their sins and their lawless deeds, he'll, he'll remember no more. Well, why, if he doesn't, rem- if he's taken them away, and if he says that he'll remember them no more, then why is he telling us that we need to confess them all the time? So, I mean, we got to take that into consideration when we think about all of this stuff. God said he would remember them no more. Why Why would he? And Jesus said, "Jesus," and this is interesting to me, Jesus said at the Last Supper, take this, eat, take this, take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In Hebrews, it says the blood of bulls and goats only provided a reminder of sins. Well, it's the same Greek word that Jesus used when he said, remember me. So there was a reminder of sins with this continual blood of bulls and goats, but Jesus said, remember me. And so what did Jesus did with his blood and with his body? He took away our sins. And so that's the, that's the very thing that we need to keep on focusing on, remembering that through the blood of Jesus Christ, our sins have been taken away. Paul, in none of his letters, and Paul dealt with, if you look at the epistles of Paul, he dealt with sinful behavior in the church, and he, he gave them instructions, he gave them directions on, on what to do. Not once did Paul ever say, confess your sins, and God will be faithful and just to forgive your sins. Why? Because he knew that their sins, 
We're already forgiven. We're already taken away. And so as we're uh, wrapping up, you know, ending our time for this podcast today, obviously we'll get into all of this stuff in the weeks to come. Why did Paul not bring up the confession of sins? Why did, why does John say to confess your sins? A little teaser as uh, we, uh, before next week, as you were alluding to, John starts off his letter not addressing believers specifically, but just addressing the fact. He, he says, these are some things that have happened, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. The life was manifested, and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life, which was with the Father and was manifested in us, that which we have seen and heard, we declare to you that that you may also have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. He is addressing people right off the bat, although he doesn't say it like, dear so-and-so. This is John writing to so-and-so. It's very obvious here that he's addressing people who do not have fellowship with God or with other believers. So he's addressing a certain group of unbelievers here. And so we'll get into that and a whole bunch more as we talk more about 1 John, 1 John 1, 9, and some other things that John has said in the weeks to come here on Growing in Grace. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski, heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. To access hundreds of past programs, visit graceroots.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.